welcome to the Golden Rob Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connor. Before we begin, you can jump around the podcast by using the timestamps in the description below. Connor, what have you been up to this week? This week, I have been actually getting out of the house a little bit more than I usually do. So I finally bit the bullet. I went away for New Year's, as you well know, because I came up mm-hmm. to see you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no sort of a laptop. So for two and a half weeks, I had no access to any of my YouTube stuff. Uh, I couldn't do any work. I couldn't even do any of my finances and um, stuff like that. So it was a real nightmare. I decided, you know what? I'm just going to go get a laptop. I can't, I, can't, I can't do that again. So it arrived. I'm really happy with it. And I decided, you know what? I've got this now. I don't have to sit in my room that's dark all the time because I've got my audio blanket over the windows that's constantly blocking out the light. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to cafes and I'm going to be that guy who sits in cafes and does work there. Love it. So I've been writing scripts in cafes this week. It's been great. It's been really good. I like that. Like I, whenever you see what, you know, one of the, one of those people just sat on their own on a laptop in a coffee shop. Like, I want to know what their story is. What are they doing? Like, why aren't they at home? Like, do they just like work better when they're outside the house? Do they like to maybe go there and be social? Are they waiting for somebody? Are they working on, like, you know, whenever it's a TV show or something like that, it's always, oh, they're working on the script. They're always mm-hmm. working on a script. Apparently that's true. Yep. It? It's true. People that are in cafes on their laptops are just writing scripts. Well, I had a friend of mine who started working from home long before it was the norm. Mm. Um, when you still could go out and he made a special effort. He was like, no, every other day I will walk down to the cafe and I will do my work there because it allows him to just get out. You know, people overlook and well, maybe not so much anymore after the pandemic, but people forget that, you know, working from home generally means that you don't have to leave your house. So you don't. Mm. And that's not healthy. You need to get out. You need to go and see sunlight and see the world and stuff. Plus, just seeing different walls sometimes is super helpful. So it's a mental health thing more than anything. Yes, definitely. And I will admit sometimes, like I I, I work from home uh, about half the week. And some days when, I, I don't know what it is, some days I'm just really productive, get my head down. It's absolutely great. And then there are some days where, being alone and not talking to anyone really gets to me. So then when we, my, when my wife finally comes home, I'm like, right, okay, we're going out for a walk. I need some fresh air. I need to relax. I need to kind of just, I love my house, but I don't want to feel like I'm ever locked in my house, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yes. I just want to know, I just want you to tell me I can leave if I want. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> but when you're having to do, when you, when you just sat in, in your office all day on the, looking at the same screen, doesn't matter what music you're on, what YouTube videos you've got on, it doesn't like compensate for real interaction and being able to talk to people. No. no. So that's that's my week. How have you been? Uh I've not been uh too bad to be quite honest with you. Obviously, um I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit, like publish the latest uh challenge video, the the uh, About ready time. But about time. And you know what? It it got it. Caught up in the algorithm, not not to the degree I would love, but like you know when you're on YouTube and you have that little grey bar that shows you, oh, this is how your videos usually do. Like, whoa, it skyrocketed past that, which made me suddenly realise I really do need to get another one out there 
rather pronto. So, but we'll talk more about that in the plug section. Uh, other than that, uh, I'm ill again, so that's always nice. But no, no, I know, I know, I don't know what's going on with me. But other than that, I've had a really, really good week, a really productive week. Uh, and obviously, we're here recording again, which I always look forward to. Love to hear it. What are we talking about today, then, Ben? We are talking about Pokemon controversies. It just feels like everything has come together, and maybe not in the most positive way. There's been a lot of disagreements. There's been a lot of issues in the Pokemon community, and we are here to give you the definitive answer. Probably not. Uh, but we thought we'd you know throw our two pennies in and have a conversation about it. Starting with just... What is the happening? Worst, the, the, the worst thing. The, yes, four thousand dollar game has been destroyed like, by by customs by U.S. customs. So a, a, a water which I've never heard of. So apparently it's a grading company. You, you, I'm sure most people have seen it, where you get a game, a comic, a trading card, whatever it might be. They they seal it in a plastic case, and then they usually have a little strip at the top, a bit of paper, cardboard, whatever it will be, uh, that breaks down what it is and the grade of it. So for the longest time, people have been sending off their Pokemon games to be graded. Uh, somebody, uh, a friend of uh, Stephen Kirk from uh, Night Dive Studios, which I've never heard of, um, sent off... Stephen Kick. Ah, Stephen Kick, right. What did I say? Kirk. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> has said, I've even got it written down as Kick here, so I have no idea what's going on. Um, so sent off a copy of Pokemon Yellow to get it graded. It got graded. And then on its way back, it has been destroyed at the US Customs. And if if you're on Twitter you, or any kind of Pokemon news site, you might have seen the image. But basically, they have ripped open the plastic protection. They have basically just destroyed the Pokemon yellow box that it comes in. It is It is wrecked. It is no longer worth whatever it was it was worth. Like... This is hard. So can I jump in here? Yeah. Because that's not quite true. Oh, go on. So I'm reading the Kotaku article here. Okay. And it appears that this wasn't somebody who, or sorry, the person who bought the game goes by the master of unlocking. Um, They did not buy the game straight from Wata. It was not their game. They didn't send it off to go get graded. It was a secondhand purchase that was sent internally through american customs um it passed american customs on one side and then when it arrived to the master of unlocking as you say he found the pokemon yellow case with its front ripped off the casing smashed open and the um seal the the holographic seal ripped off why has this happened um as far as anybody can guess maybe they thought there was drugs which surely that's there's it. way to surely there's ways to check it without ripping it open whether or not that's you know some kind of a sniffer dog or whatever technology you have x-ray i i don't know it just feels like ripping this open like may, maybe to be fair though to us that you know enjoy video games and seeing things graded like it's probably a common thing to see for people in our you know in in our social groups and communities people that are working in customs might not have ever seen this before and have just seen that looks like you know sometimes they might have cuddly toys that you know, they use to to 
um, move drugs yeah. around because no one suspects it because, oh, it's a child-friendly kiddie thing. Like, maybe they've seen this and gone, like, why Why would a Pokemon thing be in a plastic case? That doesn't make any sense. And therefore, they've just assumed thoughts, whatever. Because, like, from their point of view, they they were probably just doing their job. Which I don't know, though, because <sighs> it's gone through customs, which means it'll have been signed for as a collectible and as worth so much. Oh, that's the thing. So when you, they, send, when so you they, send things, they have to be priced up. Yes. You have to tell them how much it's so worth. So they know the value then before they've done this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what happens now? Do they do they get to claim? Do they get sued? Do they yeah, get back? I don't back? know. We have no idea. And unfortunately, with these kind of stories, there's very little follow-up that we get to see. Yeah, normally there's it's that initial outrage, and then you don't ever hear a follow-up. Or if you do hear a follow-up, it's like a random comment several times, several years down the line when it's reposted on whatever social media platform is like up and coming. This has made me a little bit worried, though, because I want to send off my Fire Red to get graded because I've got the box, it's got all the internal stuff, it's got the game. A little bit worried, though, to be honest with you. Um, well, to be fair, that's not. this isn't necessarily what I'd be worried about. This is a very um, one-of-a-kind situation, shall we say. Uh, I wouldn't... Well, I've got to be aware of what I'm saying now because we were on a podcast, which technically means that we're reporting, which technically means we're liable for anything we say. <laughs> right. Uh, <Ooh. laughs> what, what a Games is being sued at the moment for market manipulation. Oh, oh! So is that? I've, I, I think I've read about this. It's not, not just. It's what any of them can do. Where, let's say, you have ten things that are valued, you sell them to yourself to inflate the price. Because I, I haven't looked into it too much, but yes, they have been, they have been inflating the price of retro games specifically to earn a profit which is being classed as market manipulation and they are currently in a class action lawsuit oh okay this is going to be interesting um (laughs) i want to know more about that as as and when it's uh when anything happens um well unfortunately it's a class action lawsuit these things take a long time well we'll still be doing the podcast in like 10 years so we can of course uh, we'll, we'll come back to it at some point should we move on to the next piece of controversy Oh, the word! This is so stupid. Pokemon community, I love you, but you're so stupid sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So, apparently, um, if you, playing Pokemon, have caught a shiny Pokemon, one of those rare Pokemon, in a quick ball, it's it's worthless. You're a scrub. You're the worst. Like, just just, just stop listening to this. Don't stop listening to this podcast. Um, Basically... People are some some section of the community is up in outrage because using a quick ball is seen as devaluing a shiny Pokemon because you haven't what like there's less challenge in catching it. So is, is that what, it? From what I could trace this story back to, the argument actually started as color coordination. You shouldn't use a quick ball because it barely goes with any Pokemon. It doesn't color coordinate correctly. You should always use the Pokeball that correctly color coordinates with the shiny, regardless of the difficulty. Of Mm. course, that got picked up and thrown back as, how dare you tell me not to use a quick ball? If I want to use a quick ball, I'm going to use a quick ball. Especially, and people have brought this up a lot now, 
with Scarlet and Violet, when you're using sandwiches, which are on a time limit, you don't you don't want to be wasting those. So yeah, quick balls all day, every day. Let's go. Yeah, like what? okay, right. To me though, like it just seems a silly argument because okay, color coordinate to your Pokemon. Well, it's not as simple. Some Pokemon, yes, dead easy to color coordinate. Others, not so much. And I'm not being funny. And I'm I I can't think of a Pokemon off the top of my head. But the Dusk Ball to me is one of the ugly, ugliest looking Pokeballs imaginable. I don't want to be catching a Pokemon that's color-coordinated in in that Pokeball. I don't care because it, it it's just ugly. But also, it's like, okay, why why have we suddenly latched onto color coordination and not... Well, actually, that Pokemon is caught in a cave and therefore a Dusk Ball is the most... Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like Effective. Effective? Like, why would you not be looking... At that, or not even effective, more along the lines of like it's the Pokeball that makes sense for its natural habitat, like dive well, balls on water Pokemon. That's certainly one way to look at it. But let's not forget that shinies at this point are a collector's item. Yeah, and people have always gone above and beyond when it comes to their collectibles. Oh yeah, like, like we've literally just talked about a game that's twenty five years old being worth four thousand dollars, kind of thing. So. I can understand where people are like, no. So, for instance, Shining Roaring Moon. Shiny Roaring Moon mm-hmm. looks like a lure ball. Right. It's, it's colors and its patterns and everything looks spitting image of a lure ball. It's, I'd, I'd quite like to have one in a lure ball. It's, I've even done it myself. So, for instance, um, Kyogre. Have you never tried to catch Kyogre in a great ball just because it matches? Oh, I probably have at some point, to be quite honest yeah. with you. When I, I was I, younger. I, I, I and the thing is, if you spent thousands of hours, which some people do, looking for these shiny Pokemon, mm-hmm. when you get it, you want it to be right. And the thing is, there's an argument of, well, no, you want to make sure you catch it, which is fair. That's a yeah, valid argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the argument I would take. I mean, I'm going to put my hands up here and say the Great Ball is my favorite Pokeball of all time, anyway. Swiftly followed by the Dusk Ball. So, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Um, But I can understand at that point being like, no, I've worked for this. Now I want it to be the best this can be. Okay. I can understand from that point of view. From my point of view, like, it doesn't. Like, the majority of shinies you catch. Like, if you are a collector, if you just do it as a hobby, if you just see a shiny and think, oh, I'm just going to catch it. Like, the majority of shinies, but I'd say the majority of people sit in a box and are never used, never shown. And the only way you would see that Pokeball is if you are in the box and you click on the Pokemon, it's like, and then there's a little icon, typically, depending on which game you're playing how it looks in Pokemon Home, Pokemon Go, whatever it might be. So for the majority of people this in the majority of Pokemon, this argument just seems, and it, and it is, is, is pointless because it doesn't matter. It really does not matter. And it's just a sign of the community, just up in arms over something which, I can't remember if you already mentioned this before the podcast or during the podcast, that we can't find the source for. We can't find the one person who's responsible for this outrage. Um, 
So it really doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, just catch your Pokemon in whatever you want. Quick ball, Pokeball. Heck, if you want to use a Master Ball and a Shiny Magic Carp, go for it. It's your game at the end of the day. So apparently this... <clears throat> pardon me. Apparently this story has developed even further, oh. and now the Pokemon company is getting involved. <laughs> no! What? <laughs> there's, a, there's a post from the official Pokemon TCG channel on yeah. uh, Twitter. That's just quick ball appreciation post. It's just <laughs> one of the big golden quick ball cards. Oh my God. Oh, I saw that. Yes, I saw that. That's amazing. It's unnecessary, wow. but it's amazing. Yeah, I'm. as far as I'm aware, uh, sorry, as far as I'm concerned, sure, have your opinion. Just don't gatekeep. So That's no, my one yes, rule. Yes. Always, don't gatekeep. So I have to wonder if if the reason this the re- the reason why this has happened is and I, and I was thinking about this because there is people that say oh I'm going to complete a shiny living decks like you you have to draw a line somewhere because it, it it is impossible to complete a a true shiny living decks because you've got pokemon then you've got the genders then you've got things like natures, terratypes, special gigantamax. It's like, where do you draw the line on this? So everyone has to have that limit of, okay, well, I'm just going to try and get a shiny of my favorites. I'm going to try and get the shiny of, um, you know, each Pokemon, but I'm not really fussed about gender. Then there might be people going, well, I want a shiny of every single version of uh, Vermillion's different types, for example. And it feels to me this has come from potentially somebody who is maybe trying to justify the 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 value of shiny pokemon now that shiny pokemon are getting easier and easier to find and catch compared to you know the first couple of generations when you know there wasn't a shiny charm and there weren't ways to transfer it over and there weren't ways to increase the odds of getting a shiny via SOS or what, whatever the current current gimmick is, because let's be honest with you, they're, they're, like for me, it's more about shiny Pokemon are becoming more and more common. Like yeah. you only have to jump into online fights, and it seems like everybody just has at least probably one or two shiny Pokemon on their team. And in the grand scheme of things, they don't make a difference. They're not better in any way. They just have a different color. Palettes? No. And that, to me, shinies have never been... Right, so I've never shiny hunted. No. That's a lie. I have technically shiny hunted, but that was mostly just Dynamax Red Adventures. Yeah. Um, I've never gone out my way to hunt for a shiny because to me, and this is personal opinion, and I do mm. not take away from anybody else who does shiny hunt, you are entitled to play this game however you wish. To me... Sorry, making all the... <laughs> Get the Don't shoot there. me, please. <laughs> I know people feel very strongly about this. To me, if you are going out and hunting for them, you are immediately devaluing what they are, which is a surprise. A, yeah. a yeah. really rare and special thing that should happen, and that's the fun moment. Yes. To me, if I'm going to be sat there for hundreds and hundreds of hours, and then go, oh, right, we finally got it. Okay, cool. Well, let's go do the next one. It doesn't do anything for me. I understand it does yeah, for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah. yeah. It's, that, it's that hit, isn't it, of, oh, oh, I finally got it after, 
you know, a thousand resets or whatever it is. Now, I have um, Shiny Hunted in the past. I've done it on um, live streams for Let's Go Eevee. I have done it in my own personal time on um, on the 3DS uh, in the uh, Ultra Wormholes because the odds are better for Legendary Pokemon. So I, I have done it in the past. And, you know, I would love to one day have a living, you know, Shiny Dex. However... I'm not one of those that is willing to devote a load of time to the point where once shiny Pokemon started to become a lot more common in Pokemon Go, like that kind of was the tipping point of, well, I don't need to do it on the other consoles because at some point, most of these mons will be available in community days with increased odds. And therefore I can just catch them in that and transfer them, them over. Um, don't get me wrong. And, and like, and there are some shiny Pokemon that I absolutely love and I and I do want, but then there are some that I'm really not fussed about getting, like Onyx, like the green tint. Like, I'm not that fussed about. I guess at the end of the day, like, people, like, do whatever you want to do, but don't, like you say, Conic, don't gatekeep other people's methods of shiny hunting because I, I'm. it wouldn't surprise me if there are some, you know, purists out there that go oh ben uses um pokemon go to catch shiny pokemon well they're not the main games and therefore they have less value because the odds of getting them are higher i don't care what the odds are like if you want to sit there for days on end resetting like i've not got time for that like i if i can increase my odds whatever way i can to get a shiny pokemon that i want i'll i'll take it agreed agreed and there are some people who will actually Try and gatekeep that as well and say, no, it is, it's from Pokemon Go, but it doesn't count. Um, there are some people, like, there are some people who say, if you use a shiny charm, you're cheating. And it is just, it's completely arbitrary rules that yes. you are putting on yourself. Yes. Which is fine to do. Don't, don't try and impose those on other people. Definitely not. Definitely not. But if you enjoy shiny Pokemon, you do you. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, you do you. Should we move on to the, the, the we, we've got like a scale here. So if the first controversy was about a, what, a four out of ten, mm-hmm. three out of ten, second one was about seven out six, of ten, six, six seven. seven. Yeah. This one is probably a, a nine in terms of controversy. I guess so. People were up in arms about it. People were it up in arms. <laughs> this is just, this is, this is baffling. What were you going to say? Sorry, Connor. I was going to say, it doesn't matter doesn't matter i'm just i'm just i'm just exasperated at this point <laughs> so we've had the official artwork drop for generation nine scarlet and violets and people aren't happy as pokemon community is never never happy so connor do you know like why people aren't happy about this so there there are many opinions as is always the case with the internet From what I could gather, people are up in arms about two things. One is that they don't think these Pokemon, these new official art, look as good as previous art. They don't look as expressive. Um, There is also another argument that the official artwork looks too much like the 3D in-game models. Okay, so when you mentioned this to me, my my i started scrolling just down by the list and you know there were some that i was like well they just look like i don't get the the issue but there are some that i will agree maybe don't look as exciting 
as I would like. So what I decided to do, and I thought this is this, in my opinion, was the best way to do it, was to take the Pokemon that have new designs and compare them with the old ones. So, for example, Jigglypuff and Screamtail, Toad School and Tentacruel. Uh, what what else did I have? Dun Dun Sparse and Dun Sparse, and like this, it's interesting because some of them, for example, like you you just mentioned about, they don't seem expressive like dun dun sparse is way more expressive than dun sparse dun sparse's um artwork is boring it is flat out boring dun dun sparse at least at least it looks like it's it's doing something but then you've got the flip side where quagsire looks really happy and excited he's got his open mouth and clodsire is just there with a derpy look on his face now yeah for, which, which arguably, though, is that not the personality of well, Claude This is this is it. Like this, this was like kind of the the rabbit hole I went down. Where in terms of the Pokemon's expressive nature, just scrolling down the list, most most of them to me kind of feel like how they do in game. With the yes, with with, and I, I I will say there is the odd exception where I'm thinking. Okay, there are there are parts in game. So Cyclozar is a good example where it looks really boring in the artwork, in my opinion. Whereas in game, mm-hmm. like if you've ever used it, once it wins a battle, it kind of does this like dinosaur roar, and that would have looked, in my opinion, a lot better and would have been a lot more expressive. But at the same time, if they make all the Pokemon expressive, like surely it just takes away from it a little bit because there are some great expressive Pokemon like Mastiff. It is really expressive. It's got that little, you know, it's got a grin Yay. on it. You've got Pormot and Pormo that are in battle poses. You've got Smolly with that, you know, derpy looking, like, worried face on it. Um, like, you've got Fuecoco with his, you know, his happy little open open mouth. Like, it, like the majority of these, like, if they'd have, if this artwork had been released five, ten years ago, I think people would have been happy with it, but because it's we go we go through that typical phase of, you know, new Pokemon come out, the majority of older fans are like nah the, the the new Pokemon aren't they don't feel like Pokemon they don't look like Pokemon, and then give it two three years people are like oh yeah the the Gen nine Pokemon are my favorite Gen ten gets released and the same people are going oh these these Pokemon don't look like Pokemon the, the Game Freak have lost their you know creativity they're all boring. I'm sorry, but like Generation One literally had a bird, a rat. The yeah, you, you get what I mean. Like the the creativity comes and goes, and while some of these I will admit aren't expressive, like there's a lot of them that are, and and that's that's part of the issue I have with it is that some of them really are expressive. So some of the ones that like I otherwise didn't like, Iron Thorns, Sandy yeah. Shocks. They really look quite fun here. Yeah, they do. They do. Like, in their official artwork, I think I like them a lot more than I do in-game. And yet, there are other ones where... So, like, Satitan. Now, to be fair, we've seen Satitan's artwork before, because it was one of the yep. first Pokemon revealed. But it's just kind of standing there. The biggest, is, the biggest yes. one for me is Glamora. Yeah, Glamora. Like, Glamora is the one that stood out for me as well, because in-game, when you use it, it opens up its kind of petals... It looks beautiful. I don't know if you've ever um, what's it, yeah. terrestrialized that Pokemon. Oh no! 
oh, it looks gorgeous. Like, its petals open out, its eyes glow. It's absolutely beautiful. But I will admit, on this one, does look a little bit boring and dull, doesn't it? The other thing I noticed is when you look at Glamora on here, yeah. it stands out because it seems to have been colored very yes. differently to the rest of it. And that's when I noticed this is maybe the first real generation where I can look down these and go, oh, I can see where different artists have done this. So, so it, for yes. instance, it looks like different artists have done Palmy, Pomo, and Palmot. Yeah, because they don't, they, they, all three of them, like, I can look at them and go, yeah, I know they're related, but I will agree that they don't feel like it's a natural progression. It's, in- which is strange. It just, the, the art is slightly too different between each of them. Agreed. So the like, other thing is, if you God. look at Nimble, yes, you that, can that see shading. that classic, yeah, you can see the classic watercolor style. And then you go to something like Dash Bun, and it's like, oh, uh, no, that's just, block colors it's just cell shading okay it's it's not just that is it why is there no cohesion amongst all this artwork agreed and and i think that is the thing that stands out for me because it's uh, one of the things that stood out for me was the black outlines so if you look at the old older pokemon they all have that kind of thin black outline that is broken in places like it's been sketched with a pencil and the pencil's kind of not been pushed on as hard in, in in certain places and the more modern ones, some of the more modern ones don't have that. So if you look at Jigglypuff, where, you know, when you get the image up and you look at that black, it's got a thick black outline that goes around it, but it isn't consistent all the way around. Whereas Screamtails is, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot thinner and it hasn't almost got those breaks in it. Mm, interesting. And, and that was the thing that stood out to me. And yet, in uh, another example is if you look at Dunsparce and then Dun Dunsparce, like you can really see the outline, and I think that like the faded color, the new ones look a lot more vibrant. And I think, yeah. and I think they, to me, are the things that stood out more than the expressions. And I don't, and and what I'm not saying that this new art style is bad. It is just different if you compare the old one older older pokemon with versions in this game that are um like evolutions or um Paldean versions whatever it might be so that there there is there is a difference i mean i don't think it's enough to get up in arms about because some of the artwork for this generation is gorgeous like absolutely gorgeous like looking at like the likes of tinkertuff um who, who who else? I'm just scrolling up now. Annihilate. Like, you can't look at Annihilate and go, oh, no, that's that's not great. It is absolutely... It's a gorgeous piece of artwork to to look at. And... The, the Don Donzo... The Don Dozo is probably one of my favourites. Oh, I love again, that. Again, because, because it's got that expression in it. It's got yes. the movement. You can see it's more of got, a, like, an eel-like body yeah. that you don't usually get in-game. Whereas yes. there are some of them where I'm just like, oh, really? That's what you went with? Flamigo like, is a good example. Br- Brute Bonnet. Yeah, just stood just, there. it's just really disappointing. Some of them are disappointing. And it it does, like, there is a there is a little bit of that thing of, you know, in The Incredibles where it's like, if everyone's special, nobody's special. And it's like, if yeah. all of them had these amazing expressions, maybe the ones that truly deserved the limelight maybe wouldn't stand out as much. But I will admit that some of them do seem 
like the designs of some of them are a little bit strange. I want to say oh. I, I'm, I can't quite like. Sorry, I say strange. Like they've obviously some of the some of these Pokemon they've done the artwork and they have made a creative decision behind the 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 way that they look, the way that they stand. And I'd like to know a little bit more about that person because some of them are very expressive, very mm, in the middle of fighting or in the middle of action or in the middle of doing something. And then you do get the occasional ones where it's like, like, like Satyton, for example. I'm pretty sure yeah. that that was released at the very start of the marketing cycle, wasn't yeah. it? Like really early. So was it when they, they, weren't really sure on the expressions in game because if i if i look at satyton i'm just trying to figure this out here but if i was to look at satyton's like character there the the artwork i wouldn't quite know where its mouth is yeah but you're not supposed to with satyton i guess so i guess to be fair i don't i i like a lot of the new pokemon yeah i think a lot of them have grown on me i think when i first played through the game i was like no i don't like any of these but a lot of them have grown on me um as far as this artwork's concerned it's it's fine yeah yeah i think it is just fine though so and again right. it's, that in- okay. it's that inconsistency that's killing me when, but, when you look at it as a whole okay okay inconsistency between wh- the art style oh okay yeah i i get what you mean yeah i do get what you mean like if you go back and look at generation one they all felt like they were and they might not have been, but they all felt like they were done by the same artist. They all had that same style. Well, they were style. all finalized by Ken Sugimori. Right. Because, okay. So, so for our audience who don't know, in the first generation, the Pokemon were designed as sprites first. So they were all designed in-game on the, on, the, on the sprite creator. And then Ken Sugimori took those sprites and finalized the designs, which were then used going forward. So although, and going like at least for many generations, there was a team of designers for about, of about five or six who all came up with designs Mm. and then Ken Sugimori would finalize each and every design. Since then, there he's sort of, I'm fairly certain he doesn't finish everything anymore. No. So I've, I've gone from, um, starting from number one, Bulbasaur, and then working my way down. And it isn't until you get to Kyogre and Groudon where it's a, it, where you suddenly think, hmm, like they are very, their colors aren't as muted. Like w- when you scroll back at all those original Pokemon, there aren't really any, you know, overly bright colors. Even the you know, bright colors like red and yellow are very subdued and muted and then you look at Groudon and okay that's quite bright and then as you start to scroll down actually even generation 4 has that kind of muted color palette which i think there the- you go sorry go i just just to double check this gen 1 to 6 sugimori worked on as art director and likely final- finalized most of the designs okay um, okay which makes it cuz i'm in generation 5 now and they all have the same kind of Luke, the black outlines that aren't too thick but have broken up a little bit. Those muted colours that I that I apparently that's just the name of this 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 episode of the podcast. Just me saying muted colours. Um, but yeah, like when you get to Generation Seven, there is a slight difference, but not enough. Like you still look at them and go, yeah, they're Pokemon. They still look like the same kind of 
style, but it's almost like somebody co- turned the vibrance up. Yes, somebody turned the yes. vibrance and the contrast up. Yes, that's pr- that's probably the best way to describe it because the Pokemon then suddenly of like those yellows, greens, and reds, which are very bright, are a lot more noticeable compared to how yeah, they, they're, they used they're to be. They're less natural as well. I can understand I, that. Yes, you could certainly make an argument for it. Which is, yeah, and like, obviously they've made the decision, but like, part of me wonders, like, it, it's, it can't be a coincidence that it was when they started to transition to 3D. 3D. That this change has happened. And it's probably because the 3D allowed them to be probably more, ex- give them more expressions. Oh, here's an argument. Okay, so I disagree. Okay. I think 3D ruined the expressivity of Pokemon. I think that's a word. Okay, sorry, sorry. So, no, I... Expressiveness. So, yeah, yeah, no, 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 sorry, yeah. I I do <laughs> I do agree with you, because with, with, the, with the pixel Pokemon, like, it allowed them to, to do more because less work was required, if that makes sense. And the moment they went to 3D, they then suddenly had to think about things in a 3D way, rather than mm-hmm. 2D, 2D where that things are flat. Um, I like I. I'm of the opinion. And I know people will, will hate this. Is that after seeing um, oh, what what's the name of the 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 Nintendo Switch game? Uh, oh, bam, I can't remember. But it's basically a two D game, a two D sprite game. Uh, created I think Octopath. It's by, yeah, Octopath Traveler. <laughs> oh, that's the one. Thank you, thank you. I got there in it the end. He tells me about it almost every, <laughs> every t- week, and I couldn't. I couldn't remember it. Um, but like, that is how you do. Like, some somewhere along the line, people have almost said, like chosen that you know sprites are outdated. Sprites shouldn't be used. I'm sorry, but like, sprite based games still have merit. They still have value, and like Pokemon going to 3D. I I agree that at the time it was probably the right move as the technology evolved and they you know a, a 2D sprite game might not have looked great on the 3DS and it might have been seen as um like not taking advantage of the hardware that was available to them but you can't you can't disagree that 2D has its merits of you can get away with cities not needing to be fleshed out and built that it takes less time I'd imagine from a gameplay de- de- um, development uh, perspective that it takes less time because you haven't got to do all these models. You just have to do sprites and you can reuse like pixel art and roots and tre- you know the same trees over and over again. Like That gets a free pass in 2D because that's what you expect. But Sword and Shield, everyone was up in uproar uh, when are they repeating the same tree? Well, you, what do you want them to do? Repeat this, like create new trees all the time. Mm-hmm. Like this is. I, ju- I just want them to auto-generate trees and have it set to just randomize, which is yeah, not difficult um, no, as not? far as game creation is concerned. Uh, anyway, my my point about the Pokemon specifically mm. is that if you go back to Generation Five, they had learned a lot of tricks. Yes. So the Pokemon themselves look very expressive because they could come out and they could be in a pose. Yes. And just by moving a few pixels. They could have them shift mm-hmm, and move mm-hmm. and feel alive. They'd worked out all the little tricks, all the little hacks. As soon as we move to 3D, it's neutral stance. 
yeah. attacking stance, fainting stance, and that's it. And that's so, all you get. And it feels dull, and it feels boring, and it feels like everything is just stationary. Yeah. But I agreed because, like, the things. So, like, looking back, like giving Pokemon physical moves was was a terrible decision in terms of how they look in 3D games because special attacks work because, you know, you just... Okay, the, the flamethrower comes from its mouth and it stretches across the opponent. The problem with physical moves, it's like, okay, so are we going to animate every single Pokemon moving towards the opponent and then lifting legs for double kick, lifting their arms for scratch? Like, it gets very, very complicated and time-consuming, whereas 2D pixel art... Again, like you don't need to worry about that. Like it mm. doesn't. It, it, it you don't need to put as much work into two D sprite based games because the problem with moving to three D is suddenly you're comparing it to real life. And okay, well that doesn't look realistic. Well, no video game truly looks realistic. Whereas two D, you could get away with it, unfortunately. Or, or, or for you know better or worse, however you want to take it. Um, but the problem is that the cat's kind of out the bag now. They can't, you know, Generation Ten. No, no Pokemon mainline Pokemon game can go back to two D sprites. Yeah, unfortunately. As of... much as I'd, I'd love to see a spinoff. Yeah, I would. That went back to two D. So, so did um, you know they remade one of the Mystery Dungeons games on the Switch? That was still. 2D, right? That, no, that was that was like well, two and a half D. I two point five D. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Which, like, no matter what you do, you're not gonna please please everybody. And like the artwork thing for me, I get I get people's points, but I I've got a feeling there'll be a, a subsection of the community that have like said this about Generation Eight and Generation Seven. And just as the time moves on and more people become aware of it, social media becomes more integrated into day and day life, that it starts to create that almost echo. And the more generations that go on, the more people have the opportunity to look at it, the more people that shout about it, the more people that are displeased. And you know what? Like the majority of people just won't care. Like mm-hmm. how like unless you are the kind of player that is going on Bulbapedia or wh- whatever site that you look at. You probably never see this official artwork because it doesn't really appear in game anyway. No, so it's kind of a like a, a, a mute mute point. Um, yeah, I, I I've not really got anything else to say. Like I'm looking through the artwork and you, uh, there are some well, that go on, let, go on. Let's do give give me your favorites and give me your least favorites. Let's do it that way. Okay, right. I oh right. Okay, point. So Fue Coco. What one of my favorites? It is so express. It has such expression. It looks happy. the The red isn't as vibrant as it could be, which I quite like. It feels a lot more similar to the ones that um that that we used to have. Um, another one that I really really like is is Mash Chief. Even though I'm not a huge fan of that Pokemon, I still maintain it is just a dog. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I know I'm sorry. But it's the the fact that like again the colors the 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 brown just just leaps out at you. The the cheeky little face that he's he's got as well. Absolutely love love that. Um, I'm trying to just scrolling down Annihilate. I love that. Like just like 
when when someone describes to you and goes, right, okay, I need a fighting monkey that's dead and looks angry, like it just sum like the design just sums it up so much. Great tusk, love love the colours of that Pokemon. I love the pink on it, the pink and the who put who who thought to put pink and grey together. Absolutely love that. Um, and then in terms of the ones I hate or I dislike, um, I, sorry if I butcher this, Tinglu, one of the uh, legendary Pokemon you can get in the game. It's the one that kind of looks like a, yeah, a, a the, rock the moose. The moose, yeah, like. Like that, I like it in game, but I don't think the artwork works for it. No, it does seem to be like facing away from yeah us for some I, reason. I don't know why they went went for that. Um, Friggy backs, I do not like its artwork. It feels oh. I know right. <laughs> it looks cute, but I do he's like not, I'm gonna get you. Yeah, Come but here, I don't I'm like. And I don't know whether or not it's the design of it or it's artwork. I'm not sure. There's something about it that just doesn't seem right. It doesn't just doesn't sit well um, for me, unfortunately. Iron, okay. bun- Iron Bundle, like, not very expressive. Yeah. It's just stood there. Brute Bonnet, we've already discussed again, just stood there. Um, who else? Did- like, Claude Sire. I love Claude Sire. Like, it's probably my favorite Pokemon from Generation 9. And it's just there being derpy. And I get that, you, like you said earlier, that's kind of its thing. But I, I want a little bit more. We've already discussed Glamora, and I've touched on Flamigo. Like, really just boring. A boring design. Cyclozar, I, I want its posing game where it's, like, roaring. Um... Well, I'll get one more. I've got to find one more that I'm just meh about. And I think, looking at it, it's got to be... Um, I, I, I never know how to prevent, pronounce this. I think it's Kakwavel, right? Oh, like, yeah. We have a... Quackwavel. Quackwavel. Quack. I'm not sure, to be honest with you. We have a dancing Pokemon that cannot stand still, and you can't find a way to translate that to artwork. A still image. Well... Like it's just I, I, stood I understand there. what you're saying. Yeah, you get what I mean. It's just stood there, and it's just it's just boring. Like the in-game, and it hasn't got its big water feathers around it either. No, you're which right. I think actually, takes yes. away from its design. Definitely. What What about you? What are your What What are your favorites and what are your least favorites? So favorites. Weirdly enough, uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Pomo and Pomot ones, even though I said like they don't look like they evolved into each other here yeah. because the colors are all different and stuff like that. I still like the expressiveness of their designs. I, that stands out a lot to me. Um, let's have a look. What's that? Toad School, again, very expressive. Scovillain, very expressive. Oh, yes. Oh, I love Scovillains. Um, let's have a look. Uh, trying to Primate uh, or Annihilate, as yeah. you said. Yeah. Dondozo, I love. Tatsugiri's a lot of fun because you find out, like, it's got the droopy form, the stretchy form, the curly form, yeah. which are apparently based off the uh, different kinds of uh, nigiri you can get. Uh, oh, different right. kinds of sushi right. rolls. It's great. And Arctabax. I know you don't like Frigibax, but mm-hmm. Arctabax looks really cool. Yeah. I wish they'd followed this design through more with Baxcalibur. I wish we'd Agrees. had an actual Spinosaurus Pokemon. Yes. It would have been awesome. Just, just the one. I get why they did it when you look at its signature move, but I, I agree that they should have leaned more into the Godzilla element, the Kaiju element, and had a load of those spines going down. Mm. And Chien Pao. 
The, oh, I love the, that. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's yeah. such a cool looking Pokemon. As for ones I dislike, um, probably going to say Iron Treads. Again, it's doing nothing for me. Oh, Sandy Shocks. I love Sandy Shocks in this. Sandy Shocks is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Iron Treads does yeah, nothing for yeah, me. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Titan, as I mentioned earlier. And weirdly enough, Satoddle, its arms look way bigger than I feel like they should be. No, you're right there. They feel like, oh, how have we never noticed that before? They look really stretched out. Yeah. Glamora is, every time I see it, it catches my eye and not in a good way. Yeah. Um, Palafin. Yeah. Like, I get, <laughs> no, I why get that it. one? Why, why that one? That one? Yes. Because it's literally the same artwork. Because it's it it is literally the same artwork, except for a handful of pixels where the heart is of so like because okay, okay, I'd argue that Palafin's hero form is its true form, right? Mm, well, you can click on it and go and see its hero form. Yeah. But no, it's it's just it just winds me up. That yeah. Pokemon winds me up. So obviously, it's art. The fact that they played into it and were like, "No, we're not even going to redesign it. We're just going to use the same, yeah, uh, the same structure, the same stance." That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, it's it's just it's weird seeing those two next to one another because it looks like an error. Uh, Wiglet. I'm not a fan of Wiglet because it just does nothing. It's just stood there. Uh, yeah. Boring um let's have a look Wattrel is probably the last one it <laughs> i, I it. like Wattrel. No, I, I, I like Wattrel a lot but for some reason so, this one looks like it's like so the Wattrel to me <laughs> the Wattrel to me looks like um you know finding nemo the pigeon no the seagulls mine mine <laughs> that's what it looks like it looks like you're a tasty snack it's just identified you and it's gonna come get you yeah, I don't know. Uh, I do not like its eyes, and it looks a little bit goofy. And I get that. Yeah, I can understand that. So yeah, overall, is it worth a controversy? No, no of course not. No. Most things in Pokemon aren't. <laughs> but are they as good as some previous designs? I think we've made arguments either way. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Let's move on to Pokemon Master Journeys, our weekly episode discussion, which we, we haven't done <laughs> in two weeks. Has it been two weeks since uh, we did it? Ish. ish. I think no, it's been three. It might have been. It, is, it has been so long because we... I think the last time we talked about Master Journeys, we were sat together. Oh, it was. So that was right. Yeah. Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. End of December, wasn't it, that? Yeah. Wow. Started start of january start of january yes wow okay well <laughs> we're back with our regular scheduled content uh where we continue watching pokemon master journeys and this week the first episode is episode 34 the sweet taste of battle where um isn't really much of a battle is there it's no this this episode is an entire like tease unfortunately it is um, yeah it doesn't go where you expect it to um so just to kind of set the scene we meet opal again which i'd completely forgot that we'd already met her um and at the Ballonley gym um leon's there uh along with go ash and raihan raihan and, and chloe and chloe yes because uh, chloe comes along for a battle in galar for some reason oh i missed that right wait she wants to uh, battle 
No, she doesn't want to battle. That's it. She wants to come and check up on the Ponyta because she met oh, Opie yes. before with the Ponyta and the Rapidash, didn't she? That was it. That was it. Um, so the lot of them get into a, a battle of sorts um, where they are literally just making cakes. And is it Go that's quite good at it? I'm trying to remember. So Chloe is good. At, so they're decorating cakes with alchemy. Go mm. catches his own milsery and then spins around with it and it evolves, which is... I saw a that nice coming little, immediately. Oh, did you? Oh, nice, okay. nice touch. Yeah. Nice touch. Um, and then, yes, they are decorating cakes as this form of battle and whoever mm-hmm. wins, I think, wins the right to fight Opal. I think that's the whole point of this. Um, Chloe's naturally good. Go would be good, but Grookey keeps eating all of his. <laughs> um Ryan is okay, but he's more about the picturesque look of it because you know Instagrammer and all mm-hmm. that, uh, rather than the taste. And Ash, despite how he may seem that he's just grabbing everything and throwing it on there, creates this really unique flavor that Opal really loves, um, and wins the compet competition. Mm-hmm. If that seems like a really short explanation, it's because this episode really isn't great. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I enjoyed it for what it was, but I must admit, like, I thought the initial part was the build-up to the battle between Opal and Ash. I thought that was what we were getting here, that Ash... And we kind of get that. Well, we kind of do, but not in the way that you expect, because she... she, uh, Opal Gigantamaxi's alchemy, and I was like, okay, this is going to be really interesting to see how this Pokemon battles. And Pikachu apparently... Gigantamaxes, but then it's just ate a lot of food, apparently. Yeah, it ate all of Alchemy's cream attack, and that I can't remember what they said. It doesn't Gigantamax. It's a Feastamax. Feastamax. Like, it... it, Yeah, this this episode was a tease. It, It was building up to something that it never got delivered, and I... It's it's one of the disappointments that I have in the journey so far is that the great thing about the previous series was that because it followed so closely in the gym path, you got to give time and spotlight to all the gym leaders. We haven't really had this in this um, season. Obviously, Bay is the one that has had the most uh, limelight because Ash has, Ash has fought her twice now. Opal has been in a handful of episodes. I would love to see more of Opal because, to me, she is one of the standout gym leaders just in terms of personality. Ryan, we've seen a little bit of. Um, I don't, can't remember if we've seen any of the any of the rest of them, but I guess that's my point: is that I want to see more of these gym leaders. I want to see them in their elements. I want to see Ash battling them because it seems like for an episode for for a series that keeps going back to Galar. We're not seeing a lot of the great parts of Galar from the from the game. Yeah. Uh, so, like, while I can admire they've done something here different and unique, i.e., you know, having them do this kind of, you know, great British bake-off, like, you, 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 like, surely they must be able to understand people would watch the first half of this episode thinking, this is leading to a battle. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, again, I think, I think the twist was supposed to be a joke. Yeah. Um. I just don't think it landed. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. So, uh, like, 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed the episode for what it was, but I, I must admit I was disappointed. Should we move on to episode 35, Star Night, Star oh, can we skip, can we skip this one, please? Because it's very, very upsetting. <laughs> this, this one had me in tears. I won't even It's so it. bad. This And the thing is, Go. I watched it and I was like, I mean, they're not going there, right? Pokemon wouldn't go no. there. Oh, well, no, they went there. <laughs> like, with a child as well. Uh-huh. Like if it was an if it was an older person, like I guess it wouldn't be as much of a shock because you'd think, well, this person is old, therefore surely they would have lost Pokemon throughout their life. This yeah. is a child. This is what a five, six year old child, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, so for our audience at home, this episode is about a little girl who comes in contact with an unknown, wishes for it to always be night in this town mm-hmm. where she lives. Um, and we later find out the reason she th- wishes it was always night is because she's looking for Cleffa's star, because Cleffa was her Pokemon, who she thinks she lost. Mm-hmm. Um, her parents told her, no, Cleffa returned to the stars, and she's a star up there now, because Cleffa died. The equi- it's the equivalent of, yeah, the dog went to live on the farm. <laughs> so, like, it's just, it's, it's dead. It's up in the stars, unfortunately. Um, yeah, like oh, it was. A, it was a great episode. Like th- this is just a great example, I think, of where Pokemon shines. Where any other like series would, it would all be focused on the battling. Yeah. Whereas Pokemon really shines in these episodes, where it allows you to get to, I guess, the heart of how people are feeling not even the main characters sometimes just random people yeah and you get to like experience the 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 feelings the hurts the sorrow the joy the hope that you know whatever it might be and this is just one of those episodes where you know you have 20 minutes per episode and like the previous one like it felt like 20 minutes was stretched out this is one of those episodes where it felt like 20 minutes wasn't enough like I think I think they paced it very well for they what did. they had, but yes, this could easily have been. I mean, let's not pretend like this couldn't have been a movie because oh, like, Spell of the Unknown yep. isn't far off this movie. It isn't far off this and episode, we, and, and, we, and we've not even mentioned this. Cynthia's in it, like yeah, literally the champion of one of the regions is in it, and it's not even like it's. It's just played off as not even a big thing, is it? It's just yes, yeah, no. Cynthia's here. Like oh, <laughs> okay. Although I think they're building it up because it's mentioned that she's in the Masters 8. Yeah, yeah. They, so they're uh, obviously introducing those now. Yeah, I've got a feeling over the next couple of weeks as we watch more of these episodes, we will start to see more of the bigger players that Ash will. Because I, I think most people already know now that, you know, that there are, like you say, that there's the eight of them and who they are. We know Ash is one. We know Leon's one. Cynthia's one. And, you know, it's been revealed who some of the other ones are. Well, it has, it's been revealed who all of them are, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. We're going to start seeing more of them, which I really am looking forward to, to be honest with you, because uh, Ash and Cynthia have previously met, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cause they, yes, they, many times. Because I'm pretty sure they, because they, it's been a while since I watched the episode now, I'm pretty sure they, they actually have the discussion and Ash is like, oh, Cynthia, you're here. It's like, oh, okay. So they, they have met one another. And, and like, it was good... What I did enjoy about this is that um, the unknown, like 
your known have cast this this wish for um was it Tiara the little girl? Um yeah. And like the unknown step in to defend it, like defend this wish to keep this wish alive and Cynthia and Ash have to overcome the unknowns which can transform into fake whatever pokemon they're they're using and from what i remember ash isn't the one that wins this fight it's cynthia isn't it just to kind of show how strong she is with her garchomp garchomp yeah um and then to wrap it all up we get an emotional scene watching tiara cry over the loss of a cleffer and then flashbacks of her growing up with cleffer just because yeah let's just make people more emotional than they already are it, a great great episode like a really good episode you know? yeah re- really well presented mm-hmm. really well handled considering the topic um yes yeah it's like how do you address the you know death to children watching children. this yeah and i think they handle it quite well to be honest with you like yeah agreed they like because the, 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 there's always that room where either they go too far and it's like, okay, this is a bit too serious and dark for children. Or they go the other way where it's not clear enough and it's very vague and therefore it loses the impact. Whereas they they straddled the line really well, I think, for both children and adults of conveying, yeah, Pokemon die and this is how it would make people feel and let's explore that. So yeah, really good episode. Enjoyed it a lot. The next episode, episode 36, an adventure of mega proportions. We're like, just from the name alone, you know what's coming here, folks. Uh, Ash, Ash yeah. is watching Karina back in Kalos, watching him at Lucario Mega Evolve. So straight away, we know what's coming, right? It has to be, surely. It, 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 Ash, is, Ash wants to Mega Evolve his Lucario because we've seen, because when Riolu, when his Lucario was still Riolu, it watched Serena. Uh, not Serena. What's her name? Bay? Karina? No. Karina. Karina. Sorry, there it is. Serena's a Pokemon. Um, <laughs> uh, he made Riolo sit on the side and watch his battle with Karina while she mega evolved. So much in the same way as we had with, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Sobble mm-hmm. seeing Inteleon and always wanting it. to be that. We've now seen Riolu always want to mega evolve and now it's getting the chance. Maybe. Before it can do that, though, they need to retrieve Lucarianite, which, yeah, I'm completely on board. I'm on board with it not just being handed to Ash. And they have to go to the creatively named Mega Island, which couldn't come up with a better name, I I guess. Just Mega Island. It's where all the mega stuff happens. Apparently, apparently so. Um, So team going on an adventure it's a bit of a trial trying to track down the the keystone and from what i from what i remember ash has to battle was it the mega revolution sage who was yeah who was obviously which, karina's granddad yeah it's, obviously it's, obviously like who else would it be and we get to see um a battle between mega alakazam versus lucario which for a battle between Arguably, two of the most I want to say powerful Mega Evolutions in terms of like, like how they come across be- between you know um, Alakazam, Mega Alakazam's like pure psychic prowess and 
Lucario's, you know, fighting ability. I remember being quite disappointed with the battle. Yeah, so this is one I feel gets hurt a lot by the time constraint and what appears to be the lack of budget. Mm, mm. Because Alakazam just kind of floats in the air. Yeah. And I remember thinking there was a lot of times where Lucario like jumped up towards it and then you'd be you'd cut to Ash going, Oh no, Lucario and Lucario would be on the ground. I'm like, oh, okay, this yeah. is where we're at. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because like surely like seeing mega pokemon in battle is where the animation budget that that and whenever it's one of the gimmicks i guess is where that money that time should go but i i you know i'm i'm i don't do whatever they do for a living like so i don't know how difficult time consuming it might be but like oh i i, I wanted more from this fight yeah i mean i wanted a little bit more from this episode we don't even see Lucario Mega Evolve. No, you're 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 right. For for something called Mega Island, like I mean, if you go into somewhere called Mega Island, for me it should be a case of okay, if you want to go there, Ash, and try to get Lucarianite, you need to be aware that it is one of the most dangerous islands around because there are just naturally powerful Pokemon there because there there would be right. Um, mm-hmm. And therefore, Ash, you need to, you know, prep your strongest team. And unfortunately, anyone that isn't able to hold their own, we we cannot allow to go there. It is guarded off for, you know, a a reason. And, you know, may, maybe it's a case that, you know, Ash gets there and what he has to fight is, you know, another Lucario or a Mega Lucario or whoever it might be. Something that, that makes Ash go, okay... I need this item. I have to fight for this item, but I can't mega evolve in this battle. So I need to prove that I'm good enough without the without the mega stone, and therefore that is the reason why I get it because it's obvious that you know he is him and the, the bond that he has between him and Lucario is strong enough that a mega stone won't make up for a lack of that. It will just well, they, improve. They it. do. They do try and do an element of that with the aura thing, where basically yes. because Ash gets hold of a mega ring, mega ring, yeah, keystone, a mega it, glove, is it a keystone? Keystone. keystone. There you go. Because Ash gets hold of a keystone, suddenly Lucario can use his aura to track down the mega stone. They get separated, and then the two of them have to use their aura to track each other down and find the location of the stone. So it's it's brought up a couple of times of like, wow, you really do have a connection with it. Well, this is showing that your your mega evolution is going to be really strong because you have this bond. And Ash has been shown to be able to use aura since one of the movies with Lucario in it, where he was um, he basically replaced Aaron the Aura Guardian. Um, but that's neither here nor there. It, yeah, they they tried. I I think. As you say, this this episode was a lot of build up with not the greatest payoff. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 and I think it suffers for that reason. And I agree with you there. And it'll be interesting to see if we think the reason why is because next week Ash is battling Bay again. So it'll be interesting to uh-huh. see if that is you know is all show, all flash, all animation, and then we go. Okay, actually, like it makes sense because why would you want to have two 
average episodes in terms of the quality of animation when you could have one that is isn't really doesn't need it and then the one that does need it is heightened because it's it's you can invest the time and 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 energy and money into creating an episode that is really you know energetic and you've got all these great animations so it'd be interesting to see looking back next week if we if we stand by what we said yep we'll wait to see Connor, you up for playing a game Oh, it's been a little while. It has. Perfect. In front of me, I have three Pokemon, three Pokedex entries each. But Connor, can you spot the fake entry? We are going to start with Garchomp. Pokedex entry number one. The star on its head was thought to be a warning. However, there are no predators capable of hunting this Pokemon. Pokedex entry number two. It flies at speeds equal to a jet fighter plane. It never allows its prey to escape. And the third and final Pokedex entry, and I'm, I'm sorry if I butcher the, this pronunciation, the protuberances on its head serve as sensors. It can even detect distant prey. Okay. So I know the second one's true. I don't think you're going to include a word like protuberance. Um, so I'm going to go with the first one. To be fair, when I heard the first one, I was like, that doesn't sound right. Okay. You are correct. It is the first one. Well done. Okay. Pokemon number two is Alakazam. So, first Pokedex entry. Closing both its eyes heightens all its other senses. This enables it to use its abilities to their extremes. Pokedex entry number two. Alakazam. Oh, sorry, I missed that. Can you go again? Yeah, sure. <laughs> My brain just completely shut <laughs> off it. for a second. <laughs> Am I that boring? Is that what it is? Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> right. Pokedex entry number one. <laughs> Closing both its eyes heightens all its other senses. This enables it to use its abilities to their extremes. Pokedex entry number two. Alakazam's brain continually grows, making its head far too heavy to support with its neck. This Pokemon holds... That's... Hang on. I know its brain continuously grows. I know that's true. There's no way it says its head is... Let me me continue. This Pokemon holds its head up using its psychokinetic power instead. And the third and final Pokedex entry, it is unknown if the spoons that Alakazam holds are real or psychic projections, as even trusty trainers are forbidden from touching them. Okay, interesting. He's still... So I I, I know the bit about its brain continuously growing is true, so I I don't think you would include half of a truth and then not the rest, so that doesn't seem right. Um, The first one was what? It closes its eyes and its powers get better. Yeah. And then the third one is its spoons might not be real, which is possible because I don't know if you ever read the Pokemon Adventures manga. Uh, No, I didn't. So in that, Mewtwo fights with a spoon. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, it fights with a giant spoon because it's supposed to be like how you, it shows psychic powers and stuff like that. Yuri Geller and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think I'm going to go with the first one then. Okay. You're incorrect. It was the third one with the spoons, I'm afraid. Okay, interesting. Good, good, good. I like that. Thank you. It was a good dex entry. Thank you very much. And the third and final Pokemon is Clefit. Because of its silhouette, it's believed to be a star reborn. For some reason, it loves Minior. Pokedex entry number two. Said to have ridden here on a shooting star, Clefit seems to appear in places where meteorites have struck in the past. And the third and final Pokedex entry... Despite its cute appearance and playful disposition, Clef have been known to play tricks on strangers lost in the mountains. 
Um, okay, I'm going to take a wild leap in logic here okay. and say the most interesting thing about Cleffa, as far as the deck entries are concerned, is that it is star-shaped and likely comes from space. So I'm going to say the third one's not true. You are correct. Well done. Two out of three on your first attempt back after, don't know, the last time we did this. It'll be the same time we did. It'll be when we were in person, won't it? Some time ago. Wow. <laughs> Forever ago. So two out of three. Well done. Let's move on to comments and questions. Uh, this week, we've got a question courtesy of Tony over on YouTube. Oh, I don't, don't know if I told you this before. <laughs> before we, yeah, st- no, I, I checked it out. It's okay, thank I God. do read the comments. <laughs> okay, good. I just, I just don't respond to them because I'm a terrible content creator. Ooh. But I do read them. <laughs> if, good. If Legends game continues due to popular demand, how would you feel if the traditional main story games fade from existence because of it, taking the gym format with them, and Legends becomes the new main series games? So this is obviously coming off the back of our last week's mm. uh, episode where we basically said we preferred Legends Arceus to Scarlet and Violet mm. and uh, got some flack for that. We, d- we uh, did, yeah. yeah. Some, pe- some people tend to disagree with us there, uh, which is fine. You're entitled to your opinion. I can't force you to be right. Um, <laughs> I don't... The worst thing is I looked into some of the sales figures for Pokemon mm. and outside of a straight remake... Legends Arceus did not sell that well. Oh, really? No. It's it's. I think it, I I I would have to double check, but I'm pretty sure it's the worst selling Switch Pokemon game. Oh, that is that actually hears my heart a little bit. I know. So <laughs> Ooh. we 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 know that, and we've argued before that you know we're not likely to see a Let's Go game because I don't think it did the numbers they wanted it to. Well, if that's the case, yeah, Legends certainly wouldn't have done then. No, and it's it's funny because those of us who played the game, like, well, we who played the game have said, you know, I love it. I wish they'd bring a lot of that stuff over. I want to see this again. But I know a lot of people who just never touched it because it wasn't their Pokemon. I get it that. Wasn't, it's uh, not my Pokemon game, kind of thing. I think, and 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 we'll 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 jump into the what what Tony said, but I kind of want to go off on a tangent here. I kind of feel like. They need to look at those sales figures and understand there are other circumstances that will have affected on it. We got three Pokemon games in the space of around a year. Like, there will be some parents out there that go, well, I'm only getting one of them, or I'm only getting two of them, and I'm not getting all three. I'm like, money money doesn't stretch as far as it used to, and therefore you do have to make decisions on which ones you are going to get. Remakes always, I think, sell well simply because, like, it's just nostalgia at this point. Wait, it's you make a point. It came out in January as well, exactly, which is like the dead period. Yes, nothing should release in January. No, no. Like, it, I think if this had come out in November or December, it would have had sales higher sales figures. I think you have to look at the Let's Go sales figures and take into consideration that was that just higher than other Let's Go games would sell because it was the first Pokemon game on a Switch? Like, like I don't think they can just look at the sales figures, but unfortunately, money talks in business. And, you know, they might look at it and go, well, Scarlet and Violet made an absolute killing for us, so why would we not pursue more games like this? And it might be a case of, 
You know, the the Legends game was made by a team that obviously wanted to try something new, and they might turn around and go, listen, we let you have your moment, and unfortunately it didn't sell the numbers that we wanted there for, you know, uh, remakes Generation 10 for foreseeable future. I don't know. So I don't see Legends becoming the de facto Pokemon experience so i don't think we need to worry about that and i don't think i want that either. no exactly like, no. i enjoy pokemon games yes, agreed i think for me it is nice to have those almost palette cleansers between the main generation games because it does help you to go okay right i, I you know we played gen 8 sword and shield and then between that we got a remake which was similar in some way like that it, it was same kind of the the typical Pokemon experience. But then we had Legends Arceus, which was a palette cleanse. It was a different time zone with, you know, different um, gameplay mechanics. Um, and then when you come back to Scarlet and Violet, it's like, okay, yeah, I've, I've missed this because it has been a couple of years since I, I managed to have this typical Pokemon experience. So, like, for me, the, the balance there is that between each mainline game, you get something that's a bit different to keep you interested and to give you, let you experience Pokemon in a different way. So, to answer your question, Tony, like, if, while I praised Legends Arceus last week, I wouldn't want that to be the only Pokemon experience. No, it, it stands out because it is different. Yeah. If, 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 if everybody's special, nobody is. It, it yep. comes down to that again. Exactly. If you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, or by leaving it on our Discord channel. Connor, what have you got coming up? Uh, this week, I believe I am releasing my video about the original ending of the Pokemon anime, what was initially intended by the writer, and whether or not Ash was ever supposed to actually have a daughter. Oh, okay. Looking forward to that. As for me, um, I'm working on another challenge video. It's not going to take as long as the last one. I promise, I promise. I am halfway... No, actually, I'm probably about a third of the way through recording the actual content. I'm aiming to have the content done this week. Uh, so probably looking at about a two-week turnaround as of listening to this, because I need to I need to get these out. Um, do you want to know which Pokemon I'm... I'm using can we i'll tell you if you really want to go on it's cycles are i've got to yeah I've, that's fair i've got to know if cycles are can beat it because of the links with maridon and caridon however tenuous they may be but also i wanted to choose a pokemon that would still be a challenge but not as much as a challenge as paldean whooper who <laughs> i love paldean whooper but it is not a pokemon that's built to tackle end game content <laughs> unfortunately yep. um so yeah so um that's the show for this week if you've gotten this far you're just the top dollar aren't you connor where can we find you you can find me on my youtube channel at captain fidget or on twitter at cap fidget perfect and i'm ben you can find me as professor hoen gaming on youtube and professor hoen on twitter as for the golden rod podcast you can find us on the usual platform search for golden rod podcast on youtube or on your usual podcast app Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next week for another... No! No! <laughs> we'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. Uh, see ya? What happened there? <laughs> <laughs>